Hey guys, it's Chris. Before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to remind you about the secrets, tips, and tricks to a more organized and productive you. That's my free guide called Top 22 Ways to Be More Productive and Create Time Freedom. In this workbook, you'll learn incredible tips and tricks such as how to maximize your commute, change your scenery, control your calendar, and delegate like a crazy person. So to get your paws on that right now, go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash free goodies. And now let's dig into today's episode. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy, or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, Dairy Free, Karaoke Crazy, Future 200 Breaststroke National Champion, Chris McPeak. Welcome back to the Elevate Your A podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today I'm talking with Catherine Healy of the Imperfectly Thriving, right, podcast. Did I get it right? Thriving. Imperfect thriving. And Catherine yeah. and I got connected through our mutual friend, Adam Shibley. And uh, I just think it's so great to have you on the show. He said that we would be a perfect fit for each other. And I'm definitely feeling that. So welcome, Catherine. Me too. I'm so happy to be here. Um, let's go a little bit back to the beginning. Sort of tell me about uh, you and your show and, you know, who, who listens to you? What's your audience? What are they looking for? My audience is looking to get down to the bottom of who they really are past all the shoulds and the rules that we've picked up along the way. Mm-hmm. Just figure out who they are really deep down figure out what they want the next part of their lives to look like, and then the imperfect daily action to get you there. I am a recovering perfectionist. I used to be an attorney. Um, I decided in sixth grade that I was going to be an attorney, and I put my head down, and I didn't look up anywhere along the way to see if there was anything else I might want to do. And then I woke up one day with two of my kids in high school, one in elementary school, knowing that the two older ones were going to leave soon and that I didn't want to be a lawyer the rest of my life, but Mm -hmm. I needed something and I didn't know what. So I went on this journey and went back to school to become a licensed counselor along the way, learned about my own anxiety, learned about my own perfectionism, and then have dedicated my life to helping other people with it. I love it. And that whole career change aspect, I think is, is pretty cool. We have that in common that we, you know, kind of made some serious pivots um, and, and not in the early stages of our life either. So what was it, what was it like for you to make that decision, like to settle on that? And, and you actually, you went back to school on the whole nine yards. It was so scary. Um, Really, 
my life had been fear driven for a really long time. When you're a certain type of perfectionist, it's more about avoiding making mistakes. Right. And it is about necessarily what you're accomplishing. And, and it is all, it all stems from a, a not enough feeling that so many of us have. And I felt like I was enough when it came to academics and not enough in any other area of my life. So I was afraid to try when it came to, you know, the social arena, when it came to athletics, all of those other things, I was scared to death. So I put everything into academics because that was where my identity was. But even so, going back to school at age 46, if my husband hadn't suggested it and nudged me to see that I could do it, I was scared of technology, I was scared of everything. Um, I don't think I would have jumped in. He helped me get the courage to jump in. And when I jumped in, I absolutely loved it and, and did realize at that point, yeah, this is, this is my thing. And he, yeah. knew it before I, he knew it before I did. Isn't that funny how that happens sometimes? Our spouses know the inside of our of our gut and our soul in a way that sometimes we don't know. Um, and I totally applaud you for completely reinventing yourself. And, and I think that I think that you're right. We talked about this earlier. There are people that just don't think that that change can happen. It's like, well, I don't know how to do anything else. So I'm stuck in this world that I don't like, but that's the world I chose. So, you know, whatever, I'm just going to carry on. But, um, but you and I are both proof that you don't, you don't have to carry on. You can make that change and you can, and move forward. It's really easy to get stuck in that time sunk, that time sunk cost deal where you say, I've been doing this for so long, or I've been doing life this way for so long. I can't stop now. Yeah. For me, it was the opposite. It was, I'm too scared to live the rest of my life the way I've lived it up until this point. What can I do to change it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, because that's like, that's putting in perspective it, this is where I want to be later, but I know that I'm not going to get there if I continue doing what I'm doing. And, and so, yeah, again, you know, kudos for, for making that decision and doing it when you did and, and seeing that there was a whole beautiful, bright space that, you know, there's life after lawyer, right? Definitely life after <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> um, so in your journey and in, in your, um, you know, starting this new career, you've, you came up with this concept of these eight pillars. And because, you know, this show is a productivity show mostly, um, what are the eight pillars or a couple of them anyway, you don't want to give all your secrets away. And, and then how do they relate to productivity? Yeah. So there's, there's one domain for each of the main eight areas of your life. So a couple of them would be mental and physical well-being. Okay. One, one would be pursuit and finances, your pursuit being your career, or maybe something that's unpaid that is your passion, mm -hmm. um, parenting and family, spirituality and faith. So there's one that covers every major area of your life. And the way I use that is you, I do an assessment with my clients of how satisfied or unsatisfied are you in each of these areas and how important is each of these areas to you. And if it's important and you're unsatisfied, that's where you start to take the action first. Okay. And so it sort of becomes what you use to mold your weekly mindfulness around and to guide the actions that you need to take to be more satisfied and fulfilled in your life. 
Okay. And you talk about these pillars on your show, right? I do. And it's on my Imperfect Thriving website. There's a page, a whole page about them. But yeah, it's really sort of the, the foundation uh, from where we choose our, our actions to become more satisfied. If someone wanted to get started in making a change and you're, you know, you're recommending the eight pillars to them, like where would a person get started? Would they get started at the place that's the most important, but the least um, fulfilling in your life? Or how, how would you, how would you coach me to get started in the, in the eight pillars? <laughs> well, so I have a little, I have an assessment form. Okay. Which has each of the eight domains in it. You can go to imperfectthriving.com and it's right there under hi, Catherine. It's the uh, blueprint to thrive quick start. And and it gives you a way to organize, take each domain and say, how important is this to me on a zero to three scale? Zero being not at all, three being very, okay. pick a number, assign it to the importance, then do the same thing for the satisfaction. And then once you get all eight done, I would recommend starting with the ones that are most important, but you're the least satisfied in. Okay. Um, now, the other thing that you have to kind of throw in the mix is there are probably some limiting beliefs, some self-limiting beliefs that are keeping you from being satisfied there. Mm -hmm. That might take a little work with someone else to get to the bottom of if you don't know what they are, or you would already be where you wanted to be in your life. So I'm getting, I'm getting the notion that perfectionism is really about folks that are dealing with a lot of these self-limiting beliefs and these blocks, right? And that those are the things that are keeping, or actually that are forcing them to continue this pursuit of perfectionism, right? So yes. how does someone start to let that go and em embrace being, you know, embrace the imperfect thriving? So about 30% of, of us regular people are perfectionist 80 percent of gifted community are perfectionist okay so you're looking once you combine those two things you're looking at one in at least one in three people is a yeah one of the problem is there's a myth that perfectionism is good mm -hmm. it makes us strive and reach high goals that is not the definition of perfectionism perfectionism is setting unattainable goals goals that are not humanly possible to reach, and then self-criticism, criticizing yourself for not reaching those goals. That doesn't make you achieve great things. That actually keeps you from trying a lot of great things. Yeah, I think you would spend a lot of time beating yourself up because That's you're exactly. not reaching yes. that perfection. That is exactly what happens. And there are three different kinds of perfectionists. There's self, self-prescribed perfectionists, and that's what we just talked about. You end up setting a, the bar too high for yourself, beating yourself up on, about it. There's others oriented, and that means that you expect other people to be perfect, mm -hmm. which you can see how that would wreak havoc, havoc on relationships, oh, right? Yeah. Control issues, micromanaging, um, expecting certain results, living for results. And then there's socially prescribed, and there's a lot of that going on where you compare yourselves to other people, especially with social media, and you think that everyone else expects you to be perfect. And so you yeah. put that on yourself. Um, so it is very limiting. 
Um, it doesn't make you achieve higher things. There's a difference in perfectionism and high achieving. It actually limits you and oftentimes causes procrastination, mm -hmm. keeps you from trying, lowers your self-esteem, creates anxiety, depression, eating disorders, all of those types of things. When you don't have the the knowledge or the understanding really that you are an imperfect human being. And, you know, there are certain limit, there are those limitations on us, but um, so it can be a real problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned procrastination. Let's dig into that from, you know, a time management and productivity aspect. Um, so if someone recognizes already that they're, a chronic procrastinator, how might they kind of rise above that and, and learn how to make more effective use of their time? So I love that question. One thing I would say they need, need to dig into to why they're procrastinating. Chances are they're telling themselves they have some, some automatic beliefs or some self-limiting beliefs that I don't have time or mm -hmm. that I'm lazy. I hear that all the time that that's at the bottom of it. You are not, not lazy yeah. and you, you do have time. You just are caught on that hamster wheel of thinking those thoughts in your head and that keeps you out of the present in your body working toward whatever it is that you need to do. So I think recognizing and letting go of, of whatever belief is starting you down that road is some good work to be doing. The other thing is to recognize if you are setting the bar at an unattainable level, mm -hmm. because that's going to keep you not wanting to do it. If I tell you, you have to go run out and jump 30 feet in the long jump, the very first time you do it, right? that's not, nobody's ever done that to this mm -hmm. point, right? So you're going to, put it off. You're going to put it off. You're going to come up with other things to do. If I say, go out and do your best and do the long jump one time, right. well, go right. do it because you're not afraid of the consequences. The consequences right. are not going to be any severe expectation or berating from me or from yourself. So I think noticing the self-limiting thoughts that you have about yourself and also really paying attention to what your expectations for yourself really are. Yeah. So that person that makes the, the 50 item to-do list thinking like, you know, I, I, I can totally do all of these things because, you know, I'm superwoman and five of them get done, but the other 45 don't get done because I don't have enough time. And I can see where that would completely like, push somebody into procrastination mode because now they're going to think like, well, oh, there's 45 things and they're, I'm never going to get them done. So I'm just not going to do any of them. And maybe I'll look at them tomorrow or maybe I won't. But even, even achieving those five things wasn't enough to make it a good day. So we're going to just blow off the rest of the stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. And if you were at all a perfectionist, even though you got five things done and that might be amazing, you're going to beat yourself up for not yeah. getting the 45 things done and you're going to continue to erode your self-esteem and self-confidence along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you a thousand percent. Um, so then in terms of 
a perfectionist who's trying to find more time in the day, how would you recommend that somebody look for that? So I think it's through prioritizing, you know, once you've done the work of uncovering whatever you're telling yourself that's leading to the procrastination, and then also looking at where you're setting the bar, it's time to get really in touch with what you value in the eight domains of your life. Mm -hmm. Because that is your why. That is your why for your actions and your actions are your what. So if you get really down to what is most important to you in every area of your life, it's going to be much easier to say, these are the actions that I need to take. And it's going to be even easier to prioritize them so that you do the most important things first, and then hopefully applaud yourself for doing those. And that is a huge part of the Elevate Your Eight philosophy. When we know how long it takes for us to do some of these things, it's so much easier to figure out what you can get done in the framework of a day. And the difference between the must do and the want to do and the maybe can do later thing, you know, do you have to go grocery shopping today or is it more important to go to your kid's soccer game? Well, clearly the soccer game is going to take priority unless you have zero food in your house. But even then, if you had to, you know, figure out how to do both, then you need to figure out how to do both because both are important. But if it's a toss up between going to your kid's soccer game and going to happy hour with the same people that you see at work day in and day out, then again, makes more sense. Go to the kid's soccer game because they're your kid and soccer games don't happen every day and this, that, and the other thing. So fantastic. Yeah. Once you pull yourself out of your head, you will find that you have much more time to actually be doing the things on your list. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So you heard that here, people get out of your own head and then you'll be able to get more stuff done. Um, okay. Well, I love doing lightning round with you here at Elevate Your Eight. We call it rapid fire. So if you don't Let's mind, do I'm going to warm up it. here. Okay. Um, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Madonna or Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga. Cupcakes or donuts? Oh, donuts, but just a particular kind of donut that we have here. It's a pistachio donut oh. from, a, from a place in Birmingham and it is melt in your mouth. Amazing. My husband would love that. He loves pistachios. Um, red wine or white wine? red. Would you rather hang out at the beach or would you rather hang out at the pool? I would rather hang out at the pool by the lake in the mountains. Okay. <laughs> That's very specific. Um, let's see. If you are on a long road trip and it's very late at night and there's only one rest area between um, you know, your current place and your final destination. What fast food restaurant are you hoping is at that rest stop? Oh, I love that question. Milo's. <laughs> so Milo's, that's something that we have here in Alabama that you might not have there. It's, yeah. It has this yummy brown Worcestershire kind of sauce on it with onions and pickles. And then these crinkle cut fries that are good dipped in the sauce. Oh, wow. So Milo's. Milo's. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that out the next time I'm in the South. And then last but not least, who in your opinion is the very best Batman of all time? Oh, I like George Clooney. Really? I just, I just like George Clooney. Even like, with the nipples on the suit? Like, 
I mean, <laughs> that doesn't bother me. I'm looking at the man under the suit, really. Okay, yeah. So you're so, looking at Bruce Wayne more than Batman. I guess so. Nothing wrong with that. It's I mean, I, you know, that's what a counselor's going to do, right? Dig to a deeper level. I mean, I can't help it. True that. Okay, touche. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a Christian Bale Batman all the way. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. All the too, way, I gotta say. But I and I think as much of that is about the fact that I've always enjoyed him as a performer anyway. So I like it when actors completely stretch beyond what you might think they're capable of doing. But um, yeah, no, Batman is definitely my that is my superhero of choice, and I've enjoyed most of the movies, but. Um, I should have asked you that. That was on my lightning round to my last guest, or I would have asked that. <laughs> Superman. Well, no, the Wonder Woman, uh, Bionic Woman was perfect. I, you know, I have not heard anyone talk about the Bionic Woman in forever. So, so thank you for that. Um, sure. Catherine, where can people find you if they want to hear your show or work with you or check out the eight pillars? Yeah. So they just need to go straight to imperfectthriving.com and on that homepage, you can get the free um, quick blueprint to thrive quick start to assess your domains. You can also hop on my free progress over perfection workshop right there and listen to the podcast. There's three buttons right in front of you. So you can make your choice when you get to imperfectthriving.com and you can follow me on all social at Imperfect Thriving. Perfect. Friends, we have been talking with Catherine Ely of imperfect in see i can't even say it imperfect thriving Catherine. it has just been a joy to have you on the show today thank you so much it's been an honor to be here i've had a great time yay